Hello everyone. Uh, welcome to Fundix uh, X Spaces. Hi everyone. Thanks for having me. Hi guys. It's a pleasure to be here. Excited to discuss yeah the crypto landscape with everybody. So in the meantime, maybe we can chat a little bit about what happened lately uh, in the crypto space. Um, I believe that um, there are interesting development for Bitcoin ETF. Uh, yesterday, it has been a spotlight that um, the spot Bitcoin ETF might get approved because of the uh, Grayscale's case. So what's your thoughts on that? Um, how do you look at this uh, situation? Daniel, do you do you read the news? I mean, I think it's I think it's great that we can get some institutional investment, uh, mm -hmm. yes. um, and for this to be approved, um, more money flows into Bitcoin, the better. Yeah. Um, yeah, Patty, what do you think? Yeah, I think it was a big win for the whole space. Um, I think that it says it speaks volumes. Um, in the sense that we've seen the SEC go after crypto a couple of times this year. Um, and for the most part, they've been unsuccessful. Um, and it just shows, you know, the force. It's, crypto is a force to be reckoned with. Um, the people want it. The courts are ruling in, in crypto's favor. And yeah, it was obviously Grayscale's win but I think it was very much mm -hmm. a win for the space overall. Yes. So I have a comment just in that, you know, mm -hmm. when you look at, when you look at all the possibilities uh, that cryptocurrency has, and I was, uh, I was listening to a really interesting Twitter space on, uh, on gaming and, you know, where, where that's going. But if you look at the, the real potential, it's in this, what we now call RWA, the real world assets. And so where that crossover happens is where uh, real acceptance and growth will happen. And so although this is, this, it's, it's, not a, it's not a win exactly uh, uh, for Grayscale, it's been thrown back to the SEC uh, by the courts and, and letting them you know, rethink this. Uh, but it's the, it's the tip of the iceberg in terms of uh, crypto really becoming part of, you know, it's, it's not, I think at, at one point, at least I uh, maybe saw the world as either or, either we were going to go, uh, you know, DeFi or we were going to go uh, traditional. And uh, I, that's, that's not going to be the case, I don't think. It's going to be a combination. And I think this is a really uh, positive sign in terms of crypto becoming a, uh, a part of and accessible to those people who are most comfortable with real-world assets. And so I think we're going to see a great growth in uh, tokenization. Uh, I know that, uh, you know, we, we've spoken before uh, with uh, uh, with Danny or others in, in terms of where real estate uh, is going to be playing a role, and I think that's that's kind of part of it. So this ETF thing, I think, is a is a really great sign. Just my own two cents. Mm. Yes.
definitely will have a lot of impact on the crypto space for sure. Um, I think it's it's kind of like have a ripple effect because more capitals come in and then to make um, the overall space more alive. And uh, we see more and more financial institutions get involved. And um, gradually that would also affect uh, our business, which is from the payment side. And by looking at uh, a lot of uh, payment leaders are kind of having their um, their plan around crypto payment. And we also see Twitter get the license to, to operate the crypto payment as well. So I believe more um, players in it and more competition and then that would actually generate more innovations in the space, not not the other way, like some people may uh, in the past may think uh, in the bear market, they will say crypto is dying and blah, blah, blah. And now it's, it's the opposite way. So I'm glad that uh, there are a lot of activities going on uh, in this space. And uh, I have more uh, positive uh, feeling through that. Uh, let's let's get started. And um, Daniel, thank you for uh, being here. And uh, it's your second time uh, to be with us in this uh, Twitter space. Uh, I should say X space. And and uh, do you want to say hi and introduce yourself to the audience so that uh, the participant will know more about you? Yeah, sure, sure. Seems like it's a it's a common thing with spaces that the mark the mark gets, you know, a bit of a, a bit of an issue uh, sometimes. So, um, hopefully, Balan can join in a bit. Um, but just to to give everyone context on the conversation, but it's to discuss crypto payments in South Africa, and uh, I will be speaking as a master franchisee in Africa for for Pundix, and and Paddy will be speaking from from Crypto Bent, and he'll discuss. Uh, his, his experience in crypto in Africa and crypto adoption in the region. So I think a good place to start would be to discuss um, uh, what's happening on the ground here, um, how things are as a master franchisee, um, and and what we're up to. Um, so, so basically, our role is to facilitate the strategic expansion and integration of Pundiac services in the region. Um, we're responsible for a wide array of business-related activities. Uh, this includes regulatory compliance, um, we spearhead sales, marketing initiatives, uh, we drive business development, customer support, and we also do settlements for, for customers. So while Pundiex provides like, the, 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 the technology, we serve as the business arm um, and ensure that this technology is integrated, marketed, and supported in the region. Um, we're constantly and actively working towards uh, facilitating crypto payments in numerous re retail stores, um, as well as businesses across South Africa. Uh, currently, we're in multiple industries. We're in diamond industry. We're in the gold industry. Um, we have uh, merchants in, in watch stores, um, in art galleries, uh, clothing stores, and even recently automobile. 
Um, so we're really starting to find a lot of growth in not just one sector, but in multiple sectors in South Africa where companies, businesses, individuals want to accept cryptocurrency um, and in a, in a non-volatile way, which we, which we offer. Um, uh, besides for crypto payments, we're also involved in uh, pushing decentralized exchanges uh, in different uh, locations in Southern Africa. So uh, currently we've just uh, finished uh, a pilot uh, which has been successful, and we're planning a full rollout with our partners, Digital Mint. Um, and additionally, there's been exciting developments. We're on the brink of uh, rolling out uh, the sale of digital gold from terminals uh, with our partner, Scoin. So Scoin will be selling uh, digital gold and redeeming um, digital gold for physical gold um, at their stores. So that's, that's basically, in a nutshell, where we're at at the moment and how the space is growing. Um, I would like to hear from Paddy. Uh, I, I would about... I'll, I'll stand in for Balin yeah. for a second. But so, Paddy, okay, you, go for it, David. Yeah, you know, Paddy. I mean, uh, you're well known as a, you know, I mean, what we call an influencer uh, in Africa, and so it'd be really interesting. I think I know for me and for the the rest of the audience to know about your background and how you got into this. Yeah, of course. Um... First, I first got into crypto in 2017. Um, just trying to trade Bitcoin, some altcoins. Uh, it, it wasn't really until the 2021 bull run that my interest was particularly peaked. I started to dive deep into the different ecosystems and I became very involved in some NFT communities. Um, I also began watching Crypto Banter. Um, and I eventually joined them as a as a researcher and an analyst, um, and and I learned a ton more through that. Um, so after after learning a lot about the space, I felt that I could add some value of my own via via this profile, um, where I combine my my data analysis and my love for writing. Um, I'm my bread and butter is sort of trying to find undervalued protocols. Um, based on fundamentals, based on, on the data. And, and that's basically how, how Paddy the Pirate started. Right. And so, you know, I mean, we're learning that, uh, you know, as, as global uh, as, as crypto and blockchain are, uh, it's very geographically determined uh, in, in terms of people's approach, in terms of the demographic it appeals to, all of these things. So can you, can you enlighten us about Africa? What makes Africa unique and special in this, in this global crypto world? Yeah, I think Africa is a, a very unique case in the sense that, that it has a lot of challenges um, financially, um, and, and I think that those challenges present huge opportunities um, for, for crypto and, and, and for, the, for the citizens of Africa. Um, so, I mean, just to touch on some of those challenges, I think, I think you know, this isn't necessarily distinct to Africa as a continent. So we're seeing it in the U.S. And, and all over the world, but regulation is still very unclear. Um, still, you know, very early days in crypto. And while we've seen a lot of innovation over the last couple of years, there's, there's still a lot of infrastructure that needs to be put in place. 
Um, so also currently a tough time for crypto. You know, sentiment and public perception is at an all-time low. Uh, the market's depressed. You know, we've had, it's, it's felt like, I mean, obviously before all these ETF, um, all the ETF news, it, it really felt like sort of bad, bad headline after bad headline. Um, we had FTX and, and there's been so many protocols get hacked and scams and, and bad actors are things that are very rife in, in the industry. Um, but, you know, within that comes a lot of opportunity. Um, I think so in an African context, we've got weak, weak national currencies, um, you know, unreliable banking systems, government corruption, and, and all of that's hindered economic growth and, and in particular financial inclusion. Um, and I think that crypto gives Africans the opportunity to participate in the global economy, irrespective of the limitations imposed by their local currencies or traditional banking systems, um, you know, by helping them to gain access to more stable currencies, dollar exposure, and, and obviously an ability to send and receive payments more easily, faster, and at a fraction of the cost that, they, that they're generally used to. So that gives us a, a good feeling for, for the challenges and, and I guess also the opportunities uh, that one has in Africa. So, so Daniel, I mean, given these, uh, you know, given these challenges and opportunities, uh, how does Easy, Easy Solutions Group uh, see the, the, the prospects and where it wants to go in terms of, of uh, your, your being a, a master franchisor for, franchisee for, for PundiX? So our approach is quite um, holistic. Uh, we, it's not just about introducing the technology, but we're ensuring that this technology is understandable, it's accessible, um, and it's beneficial for everyone. Um, we conduct uh, seminars. Uh, we have various um, social media and spaces to, to raise awareness. Uh, on the integration front, uh, presence in retail stores across Africa and uh, decentralized exchanges uh, in Southern Africa very much exemplifies our commitment to this. Um, in terms of regulation, we've been uh, quite, quite forward with it. Uh, Africa is becoming clearer with crypto assets. Uh, service providers are now required to register with both um, the Financial Intelligence Center and the Financial Conduct Authority. Yeah, so I mean, regulation is something that that you constantly have to stay on, on top of, um, and this is something that we really put um, as our our priority from the beginning. Um, and what I was saying is that recently it's become a lot more clear uh, with with regulation within South Africa and legislation that crypto assets of service providers have to register with the the Financial Service Conduct Authority. Uh, so we ourselves have a robust regulatory and compliance team that's constantly working to ensure we're compliant and ahead of the curve in this uh, evolving landscape, um, collaborating with local businesses, regulators, communities, etc., to ensure that really everything is becoming an integral part of this uh, landscape. Um, from the utility side, uh, that is our, our pinnacle. Uh, we, we're not focusing on the development side, really. Um, we're focusing on facilitating payment, 
and also giving uh, individuals access to, to the global economy. Um, so merchants, our merchants are either, you know, um, accepting uh, goods, I mean, accepting the cryptocurrency for goods and services uh, with crypto, or our merchants are using our technology uh, to facilitate uh, individuals purchasing crypto assets. Yeah, thank you for uh, giving us a very quick update on the regulatory uh, situation in South Africa and how you or Easy Solutions Group has positioned itself uh, to become a regulated service provider in your territory. Now, let's turn to Paddy. Paddy, foremost, my sincere apologies. Uh, Technology was not cooperating with me today. But as I understand, uh, you are a leading influencer in the African crypto community. How did you begin this journey, Paddy? Absolutely no, no uh, need to apologize there. Um, yeah, we did, we did cover that uh, just before you joined. Um, but I guess in case there's any new listeners, I'll just give a, a, another brief go. It's uh, been a... Just a, a learning journey. I started out in 2017, um, got really interested um, more recently in 2021. Um, I joined the Crypto Banter Group and I I just found a, a love for, for crypto and and I've uh, always done a lot of data analysis in the past. So, you know, it just felt um, quite natural to, to sort of combine my, my data analysis ability with my love for writing. Um, and, and I started the profile, and it's uh, yeah, it's, it's basically how how it all started. I'll, I'll chime in. So, so Patty, you probably have a good perspective. I mean, those of us outside of Africa, it's not just the West; it's also the East. But we sometimes think of Africa as this sort of single entity, uh, and it's not. Uh, so, where you know, where in Africa, what countries? Uh, do you see in Africa that are sort of in the forefront uh, of crypto adoption? I would say that there's two main countries, um, and those countries are, are South Africa and Nigeria. I'm always um, quite surprised. Obviously, as you can see, my profile picture is a, is a cartoon monkey. It's an NFT Um and, and most of my peers, most of these other influencers are, are also hiding behind these, these JPEGs. And I often talk to them, um, you know, just through DMs. And then, and then ever so often, I'll, I'll actually have calls with these guys. And I'm always, always fascinated to, to come across South Africans and, and Nigerians a lot, a lot, um, more, more so than I think I expected um, when I was starting out. So I would say that those two countries just from my personal dealings um, have, have shown a lot of, a lot of interest. Um, I, also, I also know from a bit of research that um, those two countries are also, statistically, they have the highest number of users um, in, a, in, in crypto. Um, it's also probably worth noting that the Central African Republic is the first country 
in Africa and the second in the world after El Salvador to designate Bitcoin as legal tender. So, you know, that's, that's also a pretty big deal. Um, and it, and it shows, um, you know, that, that there is this appetite for adoption in the, in the continent. Um, yeah, I think there's definitely, there's definitely big crypto communities, um, in South Africa and, and, and Nigeria, as I, as I pointed out, and I expect that I expect these communities to continue to grow. Um, and I've seen them, I've seen them grow over the last year, despite the fact that we, we've been in a, a bit of a lull. Um, you know, we've, we've had this, this long bear market, and it's, it's been quite amazing to see that, um, you know, there's, there's, there's active communities organizing events all the time. Um, in, a, in our respective countries. And I, yeah, I think it's amazing. Thanks, Paddy. And um, Daniel, if I may ask, how do you plan to engage with these front-runner countries? Um, so uh, that's a very good question. And, you know, each, each country has its own set of laws own set of regulations um, and their own demand and market. So our approach really is localized and collaborative. Um, we set up um, we set up dedicated teams to understand uh, the different market nuances um, so that we can tailor our offerings accordingly. Um, our goal really is to to forge partnerships with local businesses, um, financial institutions, and regulators so that we can seamlessly integrate um, services um, and ensure that crypto transactions become as routine as any digital transaction. Um, so basically, we're looking at where the demand is and how to access it. And that's the, the way we're going to tackle it. Right. Uh, turning to you, Paddy, how do you see DeFi and NFTs influencing the African crypto scene. Sure, I think that these these those are sectors that probably have the most potential um, to to have a, a big impact on the on the African crypto landscape. Uh, DeFi, starting with DeFi, I think um, you know I think DeFi will give the unbanked um, the opportunities that they've never had before at the touch of a button, you know, on their phone, um, whether it be derivatives trading, yield farming, or lending and borrowing. I think, you know, the DeFi landscape is able to provide the sort of financial infrastructure and opportunities that African governments have not been able to do so far. Um, in terms of NFTs, geez, I, I can speak on NFTs for a long time. Um, I think it's a very overlooked technology uh, in the space in the sense that we have only just begun to touch the surface with regards to the potential that they hold. Um, I think David uh, earlier was, was touching on real-world assets, um, you know, tokenization of things like properties. Um, and and I, think that that's, I think that's where NFTs will hold massive, massive value um, in our lives. You know, up until now, we've we've mostly seen NFTs used as you know profile pictures, like I like I showed you with my with my profile picture. Um, you know, sort of pictures of monkeys and animals and these sort of fun um, 
JPEGs, but the underlying technology can actually allow, you know, for example, African artists and creators to, to market and sell their art to a much larger audience than they would have been able to before and, and seamlessly implement royalties into the contract. Um, you know, it's just such powerful technology. Um, and I think that uh, it just holds massive potential to, to change the lives of, of not only Africans, but everyone. Thank you, Betty. Uh, Daniel, how does Pundiax uh, South Africa plan to tap into the DeFi and NFT sectors under your leadership? Um, yeah, so I, I agree with, with Paddy and David. I think, you know, the tokenization of real world, you know, assets is, is the main, is a big use case um, going forward. And I think we, we kind of uh, tailoring our approach towards that and, and blending the physical and digital realms uh, while utilizing the technology that we have on hand. Um, so, so an example is we, we're working on an upcoming uh, print exhibition. Um, which which is tied to NFTs on a, a Web3 marketplace platform. So basically, this exhibition will feature physical prints um, embedded with uh, near-field communication tags, NFC tags. And uh, what's groundbreaking about this is that individuals can now visit the gallery, um, appreciate the art, scan the NFC tag, see what the art is, what it costs um, in, in corresponding cryptocurrency, and then they can 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 purchase that uh, that art piece using our technology and and the expos and get airdrop the NFT. So that's one way we're able to to really um, blend these two different worlds. Um, uh, we also uh, have, have have a new product offering called the PX Card uh, in in collaboration with Pundix and the PX Card team. And uh, we're supplying this to, to numerous businesses who have NFT collections and, you know, want to have a physical card linked to that, that NFT piece. So these cards are actually um, called wallets and you can, you know, hold your NFT on that card and you can check your NFT by, by tapping that card and seeing it on, on an app. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, helping, it's helping individuals actually understand NFTs, possibly feel it and 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 see how to use it so that's another way we we're um we're targeting and tackling the nft sector um with regards to the DeFi front uh we're doing exactly the same thing with leveraging our technology and and pushing the DeFi side of things um as discussed earlier we we currently piloting decentralized exchanges uh, in various locations in southern africa and this pilot is showing very promising results. Um, and we're very excited about the potential it holds. Um, the initiative not only provides a hedge against inflation, uh, where individuals can go and you know swap whatever they want for cryptocurrency, um, it also helps individuals do remittances at a very in a very cheap way um, and makes financial transactions more accessible and efficient for, for the masses. So although, you know, regulation uh, on these things is always lagging behind, the technology is zooming ahead and at breakneck speed. So, Patty, 
where do you see the crypto industry in Africa over the next, let's say, five to ten years? Yeah, the golden question, David. Um, yeah, I don't claim to be um, hold any more sort of foresight than the, than the next crypto man. Um, I will, I'll tell you what I hope. Um, what I hope to see, you know. Hi, Penny. Are you there? Hey. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, we hear you fine, Patty. Okay. okay, great. Yeah, so I think, you know, I think we'll continue to see the industry grow. Um, I think, like we touched on earlier with, you know, ETF approvals and, and these sort of catalysts um, will bring in institutional money. I think it'll it'll bring in retail as well. Um, and I think, yeah, it's the more the more that that happens, the more that institutions come in and the more that retail are exposed to the technology and the more innovation that takes place from builders like yourselves um, I, I expect to see a lot of growth um, also expect to see a lot more regulation which I think will just you know you, you just mentioned that that the tech often will sort of precede the, the regulation and and I think that once we get more regulation it'll really help to just shore things up a bit um, and I think it will allow these innovations to reach Africans all over the continent and and people all over the world. Um, so I, it wouldn't surprise me if, if crypto is the most popular way to transact in Africa in the next five to ten years, given the issues that the technology addresses. And, and I really, really hope that that is the case. I hope so, too, because, I mean, this is really going back to that uh, that fundamental principle of, of blockchain and of cryptocurrency was as a great democracy, uh, you know, a great equalizer globally. And, uh, you know, Africa has, you know, is, is still sort of the, the victim of being either exploited or ignored. And I, 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 I believe, like you do, I think that, that crypto and, uh, and the blockchain is going to be a great equalizer and really bringing uh, Africa into a, a, a global community uh, financially more than anything else. So, you know, I think, I think we all hold that, that, that same hope and thought. So, Daniel, any, any last thoughts uh, in terms of Pundiex's role in vision the, this future for Africa? Yeah, I think I think Ben made quite a sorry, uh, Paddy made quite a, quite a powerful statement that you know it's it's a very it will probably become the most popular way to transact, um, and I think we will play a, a large part in this going forward, especially that we're facilitating crypto payments um, and also supplying cryptocurrency to individuals within Africa. Um, so I think. You know, going forward, we can see a large adoption rate of cryptocurrency and, you know, regulation will just have to keep up with the, with the technology. Well, it'll never be. It, regulation will always lag behind. Uh, you know, I think, I think America is going to be the kind of the greatest lag behind. Uh, and I think that we're going to see nations uh, in Africa kind of being at the forefront in terms of, of knowing how to uh, regulate in a way to be both protective of consumers, but at the same time, 
uh, you know, really spurring uh, innovation in, in, in how we deal with NFTs and DeFi and, and the integration of, of these things into the, uh, the greater financial world. Well, I think, you know, there's, there's, it's, it's such an exciting topic, but we kind of are limited by our time. Uh, and so on behalf of everyone at Pundix, I'd like to thank you, Daniel and Patty, for your insights tonight. Uh, and, you know, our, our best wishes and hopes are with you in terms of really making this a, a huge success. And I hope that we have a, a chance to catch up later uh, to, to see where the development is going. I think we'll have to do it sooner rather than later. Uh, and I'm sure many of our listeners who've tuned in will, uh, you know, share the excitement that I think the whole African continent pr provides to all of us. Uh, and so with that, uh, you know, I hope everyone will tune in the next time that we have uh, have these Twitter spaces and hopefully the technology <laughs> will catch up. So thank, <laughs> thank you, everyone. Daniel, again, Patty, I'm, thank you. Yeah, I'm going to write a, a email to, to uh, the ex team to fix this. Uh, that's uh, that's not <laughs> the, the the only time. It's it's happened so many times. So I uh, really appreciate your your patience on on this one. Yeah, thank you everyone for joining. Uh, sorry for the the tech problems, but yeah, glad we had a good spaces. <laughs> <laughs>